Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week 9, day 4 of our study of Acts. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Acts 26, 1-14. Well, welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and before we get started, I want to encourage you to remember to read Acts 10 times in 10 weeks. That's once a week for these 10 weeks that we're going through it. I really do believe it can transform your life in God and in His Word. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We'll be reading today from the NIV. This is Acts 26, starting in verse 1. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defense. Now remember, he's there before Festus and King Agrippa and his wife Bernice and all of the military officials and all of the elite of the city of Caesarea and, and really of, of the land of, of the land of Israel, at least the Romans and, and, and people like that. Verse 2. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish, Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. And I think this is a little bit of formality. Of This is how you speak to these kinds of people, right? So he's doing the, the butter you up kind of thing. But I think he's also being truthful here. He's saying, I'm really excited to talk to you because you're the first person here that I'm going to get to talk to that's really well acquainted with all of the stuff that's going on. And, and with the substance of what our argument is about. Verse 4. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I conform to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. Now remember, Gamaliel was one of the ones that in the early part of the book of Acts said, hey, we don't need to be standing against this because what if it's actually God and not man? That's the guy that trained Paul. All of these people know all of these people. They know who Paul is, that he was a Pharisee. They can testify to all of this. They can testify to the fact that Paul was this, you know, really fiery Pharisee. Yeah, and he's saying they can testify if they're willing if they'll tell you the truth, I don't know if they will, but they, they know this. This is not unknown to them. Verse 6. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise our twelve tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God night, day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. When he says day and night, what he's talking about is the fire on the altar in the temple, never goes out. There are people tending to the temple 24-7. The, the fire on the altar never goes out. There's, there's things happening night and day, 24-7. There's this activity. And so, the, the ostensibly what you can see as the religion of the Jews is literally night and day. It's it's around the clock. It never stops. There is smoke in the middle of Jerusalem. There's a column of smoke coming up from this giant altar where the fire never goes out. And it's always there, night and day. On a, I mean, imagine being there. And there's probably some street lamps and things like that, very dimly lit because they're candle and oil-based. 
But let's say on a full moon, night of a full moon, you can see that column of smoke rising from the center, from the, really not the center, but the side of, one side of Jerusalem, coming from the Temple Mount. And during the day, you can see that column of smoke going up. It never stops. It never stops. And so that's the, what he's conjuring here is, is, as a, 21st century Gentiles who may not understand what Paul's saying, but anyone who had been in Jerusalem at that time, they understand the around-the-clock nature of the Jewish religion, whereas Greek temples and things like that, they get shut up at the end of the day. They're closed for business at night. That's not how the temple works. Verse 7. This is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they... Oh, verse 6. And now it is because of my hope in God in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. Verse 7, this is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Verse 8, why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. He's speaking of at least Stephen, and he's making it sound like Stephen was not the only person that he saw martyred, that he was there helping other people stoned to death. But he's essentially saying, I'm here on trial because of my hope, my belief that God raises men from the dead. That's what I'm here on trial form is it's all about the resurrection of the dead through Jesus, right? Not all of the Jewish leadership believe in the resurrection of the dead. Only the Pharisees, the the Sadducees didn't, and and to a lesser extent the Essenes. They weren't even important in the rulership of of Israel, and so it's really just between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and only the Pharisees believe in the resurrection of the dead. But he's saying that it's not just that I believe in the resurrection of the dead. I believe in the resurrection of the dead through Jesus, through what he did for us, and that he has, is the firstborn among the dead. That's the words of Paul in his epistles. And so even the Pharisees, of course, don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah and that he was raised from the dead. I think that's what all of this is about. Verse 9, uh, or, you know, uh, let's continue. Where were we? Verse 10. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Verse 11. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. So he's he's trying to force them to blaspheme. Like he's saying, I was so crazy with this. So I would hunt these people down, arrest them, and then try to force them to say something that I could put them to death for. How insane is that? We nowadays, we call that entrapment. You can't do that. You can't do that. But that's not how they worked, right? And so he's just trying to get them to utter some phrase where he can, he can say, they said this, and now we need to put them to death. It's really utterly insane. That's what he's. That's what he's getting at. What he's saying is, I was. I was out of my mind. I was out of my mind. He says, I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even started hunting them down in other cities. Now this is truly next level, right? 
it's one thing if you're pitching a big fit in your own backyard, but when you actually start going into other people's backyards to, to hunt people down, that's, that's next level. That's next level commitment. That's next level obsession. And that's what he's saying he's doing. Verse 12. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. Now, I want to pause right here. We're about to read something that Luke has already told us. He's giving us Paul's account to Agrippa now about his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. I always, when I see these kinds of things, I always pause and I want to see, Lord, why? I ask the Lord, why are you showing this to us? Why are you saying this a second time? Because it's, it's important. If the Lord says something twice, it's really important for us to know and understand. Because Luke could have just said, you know, and Paul told Agrippa the story about his encounter on the road to Damascus, right? He could have just told us, we as the readers have already read this, we know this. Luke didn't forget that he wrote this already. And so he's going to retell this story through Paul's own words. And so that means that this story of Paul's encounter is super important for us to understand. Verse 13. About noon, King Agrippa, I was on the road. I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. <clears throat> so, again, I find this fascinating that, that Paul is, is explaining this to Agrippa and that Luke is actually telling us this story a second time. The extra bit of information we get out of this story was that the, the Lord spoke to him in Aramaic. And so that is obviously meaning something to Agrippa. He probably knows at some point, by this point, that Paul speaks Greek, that he can speak Hebrew, he can speak uh, Aramaic, and he's saying he spoke to me in Aramaic. This was not some foreign god or anything else. He's saying, this is the Lord, Agrippa. The Lord spoke to me because he spoke to me in Aramaic. And their understanding, you know, that at the time, he's like, that's the, the language that the Jews are speaking the, the native language that they speak in Jerusalem. So it's it's the Lord speaking to one of his people is essentially, I think, what Paul is trying to get at here. And he tells him, he's like, why are you persecuting me? You're persecuting me. Now, we already know this part of the story. You know, he says, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. A lot of people don't fully understand what he means by that. The goads, you know, are generally these things that you, prongs that you use in agriculture. Um, so why is he kicking against them? <clears throat> uh, you know, a goad is something you, you move things along with or you um, harvest with. You know, it's, it's, it's a tool. It's an ugly looking kind of tool. And so Saul is, is fighting against, Essentially, I, I think the Lord is saying he's fighting against the direction that he's leading his people. You know, they're being goaded in one direction and Saul is kicking against that. Saying, you need to stop this. You need to give this up and accept where I'm taking my people. That's essentially what little bit of information we're getting out of this version of the story. But I like that he tells him it was at noon 
So the sun is up in the middle of the sky and it's hot. But then there was something else that was blazing brighter. All of a sudden, something else is so much brighter than the sun. And this voice comes from that. He's saying, this is a supernatural thing. And this is God most high. This is God most high because we know that there aren't bright lights brighter than the sun. And voices don't come from them. This is something outside of the control of man. And this is what happened to me. So this, he's telling him, this is why I've been changed. Now we're going to finish the story next time, but that's kind of the setup to King Agrippa for what's going on and why he's standing on trial before him. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.